Hey everybody, happy Halloween Monday and welcome to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. If you're uh, watching on Twitter, head over to the uh, Hammer uh, HQ uh, and Edgework YouTube channel as well and give us a like and subscribe. Join, uh, let's go around the table, Joe Madden from Joe Madden Sports in Calgary and Alex Moretto from the Hammer Betting Network in uh, Toronto. How are you guys doing? Good, yeah, can't complain. You know, Halloween Monday, a little rainy outside, but... Uh... Fun weekend of hockey, fun weekend of sports in general. I think it was it was bad for both both you guys. I know I know Joe, you're uh, you're a big flame supporter, and man, you guys thought you had won the cup already, and then Edmonton comes in and wins the Battle of Alberta. And uh, Alex, I know we're going to talk about the Leafs, but the worst part of the Leafs having a a brutal uh, California road trip is that you have to stay up until two in the morning and then lay awake and stay at stare at the ceiling at night. That's 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 the trouble with those late games. Let me uh, wait, let me just um, clarify one thing. I am not a Leafs fan. <laughs> I don't I don't need that to be out there. Oh, I so this is a happy day for you. Yeah, then. this yeah. is a happy. Okay. Day. This is a celebratory day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about you, Joe? Are you over the uh, Jacob Markstrom gaffe from the weekend? No, I'm not. I'm so frustrated with Jacob Markstrom. I need him just to stay in that net. Like we were talking before the show started, he went back. I thought he had hit it around. You said it just went around and it went straight to Connor McDavid. If he would have stayed in that net, he would have been set up and he would not have allowed that goal to go in. That was a game changer in that game, allowing the Oilers to tie it up and ultimately get the win. So I blame it on Markstrom. He's not good facing the Oilers. Was that your weekend takeaway? You're right. I mean, he just got ventilated in that playoff series with the Oilers one and five and um, he didn't start the opener against Edmonton and, and then Daryl Sutter puts him back in, uh, for that game, which I thought was the right move. I thought it was important. And it looked like he was, he had kind of like slayed his demons a little bit. It looked like he was, um, you know, playing really well against the Oilers. And this is a, you know, a two, one flames lead in the third period. And then one mistake. And I wonder Joe, if it's fair or not, I know the fan base is all over him. Um, you know, pretty good game, except for that one hiccup. Yeah, you know, it was one hiccup, but it was one major hiccup that he had out there. And we can't have him doing that. That reminds me of, guess who? Mike Smith, right? He cannot start playing like Mike Smith. We saw Mike Smith come out of the net all the time for the Oilers. And Mike, the, the, Mike Smith, the Mike Smith that outplayed Jacob Markstrom in the playoff series last yeah, year? Yeah, that, that Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. But when those mistakes happened, that's what he was doing. He was going back behind that goal and then... It was messing up. Jacob Markstrom has to stay in the net. That was my biggest takeaway. The Columbus Blue Jackets also have to get things right. They've had some closed-door meetings since that loss to the Devils. I don't know. Heads are going to roll there. Alex, it's it's funny how, um, you know, I remember even in, in you know, Leafs country, uh, you know, uh, I say the name Vesa Toskala. What is he known for? It's that 180-foot goal against the Islanders, right? And, um you know, I, the Mike Smith playoff goal last year that, that Joe is talking about. I've always liked Mike Smith. I think he's been a battler. I think he's come through injuries. I thought he's had a, a terrific career. And uh, I was pretty, I was I was thankful. I was grateful that the Oilers won that game last year where he gave up that 3-3 goal to Rasmus Anderson. He, I mean, he'll still be known for it a little bit, but in the sense of that tie to playoff game in the third period, um, and and if if Calgary had to use that momentum, they might have won the game. They might have won the series. And then you, you you build one bridge, right? Like Mike Smith, a twenty year career, it would all come down to that. So part of me is really glad that the Oilers won that game. So it's just kind of a a funny footnote, not like everything that Smith is known for. 
Yeah, it's nice to be able to have your team kind of bail you out of those situations, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, your weekend takeaway, you know, let's let's talk about the Leafs a little bit. Um, they lose to San Jose in pretty bad fashion on Saturday night. And uh, then it, it really felt like, okay, batting down the hatches and we're switching up the lines and they go into this, you know, veil of secrecy, the organization does. And I think everyone expected them to come out against the league's worst team in the Anaheim Ducks and, you know, really look like, you know, the good Leafs team that a lot of people think they are. And then somehow they were even worse and they got helped out by the whistle. So what's the temperature after that? Yeah, I mean, you blow a 3-1 lead and like, you know, these like a lot of analytics people will post the uh, the deserve to win a meters and stuff like that all over Twitter. And you'll see that the Leafs actually played, you know, uh, pretty well, like their underlying metrics were good. But like, does that matter whatsoever? Like that's it's the culture of this team. That's the problem, right? You got like guys like Marner who's giving the puck away and, you know, leading to, to goals that are uh, against and you're blowing these 3-1 leads. Like that's all sort of playing into this. Doesn't matter if they're playing well. This is a team that doesn't know how to win. And now, you know, the sky is sort of falling in Leafs land and you have all these people coming out and saying, you know, some people are blaming it on the players. A lot of people are blaming it on Keith. And like, finally, it seems like some people are starting to come around on the whole fire Dubas thing. Um, I think that Dubas has done a terrible job putting this team together, like his body of work, his trades, his free agent signings, um, the amount of guys he's kind of let walk for nothing. You know, you're not getting anything in return for Jake Gardner, James Van Reems, like guys like Bozak. Roman Polak, and then, you know, his trade history with, like, you know, giving up the first uh, for Felino just to get rid of the Marlowe contract, getting rid of uh, Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen for nothing in return. Like, he's he's done a terrible job. Obviously, the Kadri deal, people say Kadri needed to be traded. I don't think Kadri needed to be traded. That wasn't, that wasn't the thing. And if you're going to trade a guy like that, like, you have to get something more for a 50 to 60-point centerman, right? Um, Connor Brown, like, the list kind of goes on, and he's backed himself into a corner here with this roster and he's you know he's pinching pennies to try and fill up the bottom six but like that's directly a result of him not being able to negotiate with these superstars which he inherited by the way he did not draft these guys he did not bring these guys in so this is largely a team that Dubas inherited and I think that if you're talking about firing Keefe I don't see how you can fire Keefe without firing Dubas I think that would be a big mistake I think that you don't get to give Dubas another coach Dubas doesn't have a contract beyond this season also so are you going to let Dubis bring in the next coach who maybe the new GM, if Dubis walks at the end of the season, won't want. Like, I just don't see how you can get rid of one, not the other, which is why I think Keith's leash is a little bit longer than people are leading on. And I do think Keith is kind of losing the room a little bit, but like, I think that you kind of have to, you have to pick both or none right now. So I think that we're not going to see these guys gone yet. I think that they're, they're going to have a little bit more leeway, but like there, this is a problem. And I think that, I don't know where the bottom is or, or how, how long of a leash they're going to get or when they're going to sort of, you know, be axed. But I just think it would be a terrible mistake to let Keith go and keep Dubis and let Dubis hire his replacement. I just don't see how you could possibly do that. Yeah, I, I mean, a few thoughts. I, I, I do agree with you. I think they feel like they're tied together. I think that Keith was, you know, Dubis's guy, the Sault Ste. Marie connection and all that. So it would feel, you know, peculiar to give Dubis another coach. Um, and then all those moves, like, you know, in a vacuum, I could understand most of them, but you're right. I think, you know, if you're a Leaf fan and you just look at the grand scale and then, you know, you see these guys having really good success all over the league, you know, Zach Hyman, Nazan Kadri, um, you know, guys that, boy, they were Leafs at one point and they'd really look good. I know we're in a cap world, but you're right. You look at the, the bottom six and I, I texted my buddy the other day. I'm like, 
who are these guys on the ice right now? And I, I, I just think like, Hey, listen, do I think Keith's in trouble right now? Not really. I, I like, I think the bottom of the well has to go a little deeper. Um, you know, there people are, are saying, Hey, they're four, four and one or four, five and one is exactly where they were last time. And they're still a pretty damn good team. I, I'd be inclined to agree with that. Um, but I understand, you know, if you're a Leaf fan and you kind of have this, like, what's the point? mentality because I, I look at the Leafs I think they're good I think they're a playoff team but I don't think they're as good as they were last year and expectations somehow Alex Joe they've gone up you know and that's a that's a really dangerous situation to be in I yeah. mean you know the expectations have gone up for the Edmonton Oilers they're, they've gone up for the Calgary Flames I think we understand why um you know but the Leafs so badly need to win a playoff series that you know I don't I don't necessarily know if they're actually equipped for the first time in years to do it I think that it's, it plays into the media here, right? Like, it's not – people say that it's, it's such a tough place to play. It's a tough city to play in. But, like, the media here almost acts like a PR firm for the team where they're, like, they're hyping this team up. They're hyping Dubis up. They're hyping everyone up. Like, there's no accountability. And I think that's a big issue. So, yeah, you look at the roster. The roster quite clearly got worse from last year. Like, goaltending situation shakier. The blue line has some question marks. The depth up front is a lot worse. And you have – the media coming in saying like how good this team is and how like this is their year to compete for a cup. And you talked about, you know, um, the same start as last year or similar start to last year, but like what happened last year, the Leafs also lost again in the first round. So how many times can we keep playing? It's like, well, everything will be fine. You know, they, they started slow last year too, but like how many times can we go through the same pattern before like wholesale changes need to be made? It is edge work on the Hammer Betting Network. Uh, Joe, I want you to weigh in on this because it kind of ties in. You had mentioned Columbus right there, and it was uh, it's my weekend takeaway. And yeah. I, I can't I can't stop thinking about. I know Calgary loses this weekend, but things are are pretty good in Flameland. I think people are pretty pumped about their team. And I just I look at Johnny Gaudreau, and and you know I I, I know that there was yeah you know, some family considerations, and Americans love playing in America and all that, but. Um, I've always, I, I've never really looked at athletes the same way when they just accept losing, right? And Johnny Gaudreau signs the big deal in Columbus. And yeah, I hear it's a great city. I'm not going to rip the city. I know guys that play there and they've always loved it and they stick around, they raise families, but Johnny Gaudreau's in his prime. He's coming off a hundred point season. And, uh, and you go to Columbus, the one thing I can guarantee, you might have a great time. You're not going to win. They're no. three and they're three and seven. You know, Patrick Lina gets hurt, he comes back. They get blown out by the other team that was trying to sign him, the New Jersey Devils, seven to one. I just, man, it's such a bad look for Gaudreau. And, and you know, not that Flames fans are, are petty, but I, I think that whole process just must make this summer much more validating to them. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Gaudreau really shot himself in the foot going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. He doesn't have the weapons around him um, to have a 100-point season in Columbus. So I feel for him. He definitely made the wrong move. Calgary, though, we've we've stepped up. Our team is better without Johnny Gaudreau on the team. Would he have been great if he stayed? Absolutely. But um, I think our team is stronger now with Huberto and Wheeler and everyone that we have. So I feel for Johnny, but I don't know. I'm kind of laughing at him too. Bad, bad decision there. I don't think that Goudreau is necessarily a winner. I think that, I mean, you're, guys can change the narrative pretty easily. You know, all it takes is one big playoffs, right? And he did put up like 14 points last playoffs, but like he really doesn't produce when you need him to. 
uh, against in that Oilers series, you know, when things were going wrong, he was doing nothing. Um, I think accepting that deal to Columbus, you know, is pretty telling. And I think that, you know, that year that they finished first, uh, I believe it was first, they played the uh, abs in the first round. I think it was in 2019. He was invisible in the playoffs. They lost in five. And, you know, I mean, how happy are the Devils right now not signing him when, you know, you see what Jesper Bratt's doing. If they have that Goudreau contract on the books, I don't think they're affording Jesper Bratt next summer. Yeah, yep. yes, Jesper Brad is the NHL scoring leader, which is uh, which is kind of crazy sitting here on uh, October 31st. Um, before we get to our, our best bets tonight and our best player props, actually, it's a light slate, only three games. There's a prop I actually really like tonight. Um, you know, you're talking about the, the Leafs, Alex. So what about, um, you know, we can analyze all we want from a wins-losses perspective. What about from a betting perspective? I don't think people will trust them a whole lot right now, but, you know, you know how those lines look. I mean, you know, the Leafs were a minus 500 favorite against Arizona a couple weeks ago. They're coming off a bad loss in San Jose. They're a monster favorite again in Anaheim. I think they'll always be public money on Toronto. So when they're playing like this, they're pretty unbettable because there's not a lot of value and you just wait until they play a team that they're plus money at. But that does not happen very often. Um, I, I almost wonder if if we we maybe will look, you know, if at a run of under like totals. Uh, with this team if, if Keith starts to get them to kind of uh, you know buy in defensively a little more if that's the solution yeah I, I think that uh, I mean with the Leafs there's always going to be that Leafs tax there's never actually like value on the Leafs so to speak because you know sports books are always going to get their money flowing in on Toronto night in night out right it's the same thing in like with like the Cowboys and the Lakers and you know those big market teams where they're never going to be lacking in support so you're never really going to need uh, you're never going to really need to kind of balance out the action on either side. So I think that you're always going to have that Leafs tax. So, you know, it's hard to always find value on the Leafs. And now, especially in a, you know, in a slump like this or when they're playing like this, you're getting these inflated lines and the market's not really catching up to how they're playing. Like, yeah, it's a cash cow to fade them right now. I mean, you said unders, that could be a good look. Samsonov's Sam playing well, maybe not so much when uh, Chalgren's in net. You do figure the offense will, uh, will get going. Um, haven't quite seen it yet, so we'll see. You know, you can't you can't buy into that or just on a hunch. But I do think that if changes come at one point, we will see, you know, a string of Leafs wins. They'll start ripping off a few wins for sure. All right, so we got three games tonight. Uh, light slate on, on uh, Monday, of course, the NFL Monday Night Football as well. And you can catch uh, primetime tonight on the Hammer Betting Network with Rob Pizzolo and uh, Eric Eager. That begins at, uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, so, uh, all right. So we got Detroit, Buffalo, Carolina, Washington, and the Blues host the Kings tonight. Let, Joe, let's start with you. Do you have a favorite uh, player prop that you're on tonight? Uh, yeah, favorite player prop. I'm looking at the matchup between Detroit and Buffalo tonight. I really do think David Perrin comes out strong in this matchup for the Red Wings. We can get his points over 0.5 tonight at minus 128 points and assists. I think he He's been playing so solidly for the Detroit Red Wings. He has four goals and one assist so far on the season and five points. Um, I think we could look at his over two and a half shots on goal as well. We're getting beautiful plus 104 with that. In his last four games, he's had two shots on goal in each and every one of those. With the Buffalo Sabres allowing so many shots on goal at 34.8, I really do think he comes out flying tonight. Yeah, I like that shot prop for sure. Alex, what's your favorite player prop? I, uh, I, I, I have to wait for confirmation here to make sure Bennington is starting. But um, once that is confirmed, I do like Bennington's saved prop 
over. Um, the Blues have been allowing a lot of shots. This just kind of feels like a little bit of a bounce back game. They're, uh, you know, that they have, Kings have a lot of offensive talent, but I think that you know Bennington at home with the sort of offense that the Kings can produce and the sort of defense the Blues are playing right now. I think Bennington's going to sort of be peppered there. And uh, I think that, you know, I expect to see a little bit of a bounce back from him after Saturday night. So I think that we'll see the Kings get upwards of like 30, 35 shots. As long as, you know, he doesn't get absolutely shelled. I think there'll be some, some good value there with the number, anything in the high twenties. Yeah. And LA is interesting too. I mean, uh, they're, they're flying high right now, confident, they're young and a lot of shooters, like even look at those goals against, the Leafs on Saturday, Kempe, wire job. Uh, uh, Velarde, wire job. Harvidsson, a rocket. Like, these guys are shooting from everywhere, so I like your play. Uh, I am kind of like, I think if Joe wins, I'll win. I'm piggybacking Joe. Um, one of my, uh, my one of my big picks this year to have a big season, um, you know, was uh, is Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings. Really slow start out of the gates for Detroit. Um, everybody was scoring, but he wasn't. Well, on the weekend, he didn't only get his first goal of the season. He got uh, his second one right after. So he's off the schneid. And you know how these guys are, right? They finally break that goose egg. Then they go on a little bit of a run. So I'm on Lucas Raymond tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I'm looking at a goal is plus 215. Um, an assist is plus 129. And if you want to hit over one and a half points, it's plus 280. So I might have a little sprinkle on all of that. And of course, Raymond and David Perron are playing on that first power play unit. So uh, Joe, if I think uh, one of us wins, we both win. And, uh, and if right. not, we're, we're both crying in our milk. <laughs> we won't be crying in our milk tonight. This is going to be. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that look a lot, especially with all the injuries that uh, the, uh, the wings have up front right now. Like he's going to get a ton of ice time. They're, they're just going to lead into those top six because the, the bottom six is pretty bare right now with all those guys that are out. You're like Verana, Bertuzzi, I think Rasmussen suspended now. Sunfist is out, so I like that a lot. Yeah, and hey, younger players, streaky, right? You fade them when they're not scoring, and when they start scoring, load up because they might go on a little bit of a run. Uh, all right, your favorite uh, line or total tonight, Joe? What are you on? Yeah, I'm looking at the Washington Capitals taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. I have to think the defense is really going to step up in this one. We have such a strong defense out of the Carolina Hurricanes, only allowing 27 shots on goal. I really do think they're going to limit the Washington Capitals in this one. And we have a lower scoring game. I know we've seen these games going over, but I think the under six is the play to have here. We've got Kemper expected in goal for the Washington Capitals and Frederick Anderson for the Carolina Hurricanes, both of these defenses are playing solid hockey. I have to expect them to control this game. So give me the under six. Yeah, I, I feel with any Carolina game, um, you kind of have a sense right away. Like if Carolina's on their game, if they're focused, it feels like an auto under. They play so many 3-1 games and, you know, uh, you know, 3-2 games and 2-1 games. And then once in a while, it gets away from you. Like the one at Edmonton here did, and you kind of feel like an idiot. But if Carolina's on their game, they suppress it better than anybody. Absolutely. And they really have to step up. They let the Islanders walk all over them in that last game versus them allowing six goals. So I really do see this being a stronger game for them. Alex, three games tonight. Which is, what's your favorite? Yeah, so much to choose from, right? Um, I'm, going with the, uh, I'm going with the Blues. I think minus 118 or so at Penny right now. Um, I'll play that up to like minus 125-ish. I think we're getting a little bit of a discount just because this is a team that's come in, lost – four of yeah they've lost four in a row after winning their first three games so I like the Blues here I think it's a bit short at home um Kings are obviously playing good hockey right now but 
I just think we're getting a little bit of a discount and, you know, short slate, got to pick something. That's uh, that's the one I'll go with. Yeah, I was looking at that too. It, it does feel like a short price for a pretty good, you know, team at, at home. Um, you know, that's a playoff hardened team and LA yeah. still that kind of learning to win group. I get it. Um, only three games. So I'm actually my favorite bet just because of the timing. Uh, I'm going to uh, expose myself a little bit on a Stanley Cup futures bet right now, as I do throughout the year when the timing's right. Minnesota opened up the season at plus 1800 to win the Stanley Cup. Now it's up to plus 2300, depending on where you look. Uh, they kind of had a bit of a rough start. Um, remember, even it's so early, but the first two games of the year, they gave up seven goals. But we, we know that's not Minnesota. They've righted the ship. They just won their third in a, uh, third in a row on the road. I'm hitting the plus 2300 for the cup just because I know in a few months from now, guys, you know, when they clinch a playoff spot or clinch the division or the first round matchup matchup comes, they're going to be like 16 to one. So you may as well get in while you can on the value. I like that. I like that. Taking a different approach here. Uh, All right. Well, enjoy the three games uh, tonight, Joe, Alex, and we'll talk to you guys uh, next Monday. Yeah. Good luck, guys. All right. Good luck, everyone.